Hey, welcome into TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. This podcast, we talk about sports events, topics, and players. Come follow our Facebook and Instagram page. Facebook is TCAM's Sports Podcast, and the Instagram page is TCAM underscore sports underscore podcast. Shows will be posted when they go live, and even some bonus episodes will be posted during the week. Normal episodes are posted Fridays at 5. Comment your thoughts on the shows. Leave some topics you would like for me to discuss on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Now on to the episode. Welcome into our final episode covering round one and round two of March Madness. This is episode four of the week. We will talk about the Saturday games, the results of them following Sports Talk Saturday with Matt DeLong, and we will talk about the Sunday games and the biggest upsets, surprises. Our first one was the Furman and San Diego State game. Now, on the Sports Talk Saturday with Matt DeLong, we talked about this could be an interesting game, but I thought... Personally, that San Diego State would take care of business, and of course they did, winning the game 75-52. San Diego State, just a different team than Virginia was, built and ready to play a team like Furman and knock them out of this bracket. Furman was a good gift this year. It was one of our surprise teams, but I'm happy to see San Diego State move on, and good job to Furman and their University making it this far. Then we had Duke and Tennessee. This one was a surprise to me. I picked Duke to win this game, and they didn't show up at all. They just really had a bad day. Duke just couldn't perform, only scoring 21 points in the first half. Their game leader was Proctor. He was 6-13 from the field, 1-5 and 3, 16 points he had. Then they had Roach, who was 5-11 from the field, 3-6 from three-point range. 13 points, and then for Tennessee, Nakamo was, had 27 points, and he was 3 of 4 from three-point range. Escovi was four, had 14 points, was 4 of 11 from the field, and 4 of 8 from three-point range. So overall, as a basketball team, though, Duke did distribute the ball a little bit more, but Tennessee, they took control of the game. They wanted this. They wanted to prove to everybody that the first round – wasn't just a fluke round. It wasn't just to see if they could get by. They wanted to prove to everybody they could beat Duke and move on to the Sweet 16. Good for them. They're going to have a hard matchup coming, but maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe they'll make it to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. We'll see. Duke was my one of my Final Four predictions, so we'll see. Now, the biggest one of the biggest surprising upsets of the day was the Kansas and Arkansas game. Man, Kansas... They just couldn't, they could never take the lead. Arkansas came to play. And I thought this would be an interesting game because Arkansas has seen good talent. They have played against Texas A&M and Alabama. So I knew Kansas had seen a lot of good teams, but Arkansas with their experience with those two top teams right there, along with Tennessee and Kentucky, that they could actually surprise somebody. And, of course, they did. Davis for the team was 9-15 for the field. He had 1-4 from three-point range, and he had 25 points. Council the fourth. 
had 21 points, one of six from three-point range, and he had shot five from 18 from the field. Now, it isn't like Kansas played a bad game, though. So, K.J. Adams had 14 points, four of eight from the field. Then you had Jalen Wilson, who had 20 points, one of three from three-point range, and five and nine from the field. You had Harris Jr., who had 12 points. He was one of two from three-point range, five and nine from the field. Finally, you had Kevin McCullough Jr. at 13 points as 1-3 from the field and 5 of it. 1-3 from 3-point range and 5 of 8 from the field. So Kansas did show up to play this game, but Arkansas winning this game 72-71. They outlasted the defending champs. Moving on to the Sweet 16. Been a while since I've seen an Arkansas team move to the Sweet 16, so impressed to see it, happy to see it, and... This is an interesting March Madness as I'm reading these first three games. We're seeing a lot of different teams that we normally don't see going into the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. On the Sports Talk Saturday with Matt DeLong, we talked about Princeton and Missouri. I thought Missouri was a fluke, and of course, I was right. Missouri loses to Princeton 78-63. I thought because Princeton's last matchup against Arizona and how they beat Arizona I thought if they can beat Arizona, they can beat Missouri. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And Princeton is just a well-disciplined ball club. They play really well together, and they believe in this. They believe that they can do this. And so for their team, Langborg had 22 points. He was 4-12 from three-point range, and he shot 8 from 17 from the field. Alco had 10 points. He was 3-11 from the field goal range and 1-6 of six from three-point range. But Pierce, for their team, now he only got 9 points, but he did get 16 rebounds. That's a big deal for them. He out-rebounded a lot of their team. So that was that was definitely a big help from him. But another help to them was Peters off the bench getting 17 points, and he was 5 of 8 from 3-point range. The only shots he made were from 3-point range. So that was, it was good to see. And then for Missouri... <clears throat> Carter had 14 points, 2 of 4 from 3-point range. He was 6 of 10 from the field. Uh, Galston had 19 points, 8 of 14 from the field. And then Brown had 12 points. I didn't think Missouri deserved, or I didn't think Missouri could win this game as Utah State should have beat them in the in the round one. But Princeton showed us that they were better than Missouri, and they were just no sleeper team. They're here to play. And they're going to be a challenge in the Sweet 16. Now, the next game we talked about would be Houston and Auburn. Houston just took care of business in this game. There's not much to talk about here. I thought Auburn, same thing like Arkansas, but the Kansas game had seen some competition. But Houston just showed their dominance and played well. Now, I thought the biggest game of the day was going to be the Texas and Penn State game, as I was really happy to see Penn State make it this far. I was impressed with their play. They played well versus Texas A&M, blowing them out. They played well in the Big Ten Championship, making it to the championship game, and only losing to Purdue by five. Or no, only losing to Purdue by two for Texas. They didn't lose to Texas very bad. I mean, they they were in a competitive game. 71-66 was the final score. Texas just played their game really well. Congratulations to Texas and moving on. But I was happy to see Penn State make it this far. And I'm hoping we'll see them again here next year. UCLA Northwestern. Now, Matt said this was going to be his top game of the day. 
UCLA barely squeaks a bye. Northwestern, 68-63. UCLA's a good team, though. They're really hard to compete against. They got a whole bunch of shooters, guys that can play really well, guys that can rebound. They're not the deepest team in the world, but their guys are just efficient from the field. And I will just read their top scores. Jaquez Jr. had was 11-19 for the field, 2-4 from three-point range, had 24 points for Northwestern. Bowie had was 5-13 for the field, 2-3 from three-point range, and had 18 points. A couple other guys on their team had 17-16. And for UCLA, Bailey had 14 and Campbell had 12. So UCLA put together enough to beat Northwestern and move on to the Sweet 16. And finally, wrapping up the Saturday games, Alabama and Maryland. I predicted Alabama would beat the brakes off of Maryland, and they did. They completely beat the brakes off of Maryland, beating them by 22 points. Alabama, just a hard opponent to beat, playing their game really well this year, and definitely just showing up. So for them, it's, it's definitely going well for them. And Alabama is going to be moving on. So Sunday games, the Sunday games were pretty crazy, pretty interesting. But a couple games I definitely thought would go normal, and they did. Now, the one I did was Kansas State and Kentucky. I thought because Oscar Shibway only had eight points, but he had 25 rebounds in their last matchup against Providence that Kentucky might be able to pull this out. And they were ahead. They did have the lead. They were playing really well. But they at the end of the game, they just couldn't close the game. Shibway, 25 points, 18 rebounds. I mean, the guy just played lights out. He was playing great. Wallace, for their team, had 21 points, was 1-1 from three-point range, had nine rebounds. And they just they came to play. But Kansas State had more guys that were more involved in the game. Now, Shibway dominated the boards. But for Kansas State, Noel had... 27 points, 3-8 from three-point range, and he had nine assists and two rebounds. Sills had 12 points, four rebounds. Then you had Johnson, who had 13 points, four rebounds, and Tomlin, who had 12 points and six rebounds. At the end of the day, Kansas State finished out the game, as Kentucky did lead towards the end, but Kansas State finished it out. The Pitt-Xavier game, I expected this game to be a little bit closer, because Pitt played Iowa State really well in the first round. I mean, they completely dominated, and I was thinking if they could dominate Iowa State, they could possibly not dominate Xavier, but put up a really good fight. So for Xavier, they really just showed up this game. You know, Xavier's been that team that has been doubted most of this year, but they're proving themselves every single time, winning this game 84-73. All five guys on Xavier's starting lineup, had over 10 points. For the Pittsburgh Panthers, only three guys had over 10 points on their team. So, I said a team a team effort game from Xavier played well, showed up, and they are moving on. They're moving on to Sweet 16. Now, Michigan State and Marquette was definitely going to be an interesting one. We all know how good Marquette this was this year. Yeah, they were twenty nine seven record. They played really well in their conference. They were just a tough team to beat. For Michigan State, they were an average team in their conference. Didn't really make it too far in the Big Ten championship tournament. They showed up to play today. 
Yeah, they did. Walker had 23 points for them. Hauser had 14. Hoggard had 13. Then for the Golden Eagles, Jones had 14. Prosper had 16. Akadaro had 10. Michigan State worked together as a team, played well. Between the two teams, Michigan State shot a lot better from field goals. And Marquette shot a lot better from three. It's crazy that Michigan State only took only made two threes in the entire game. They took sixteen, but they only made two. So from a three point percentage, they only had were making twelve percent of their threes, while Marquette was making forty. From the free throw line, though, Michigan State dominated from the free throw line. They shot a total of twenty three free throws and made nineteen. While Marquette only shot fourteen free throws and made nine. So their free throw percentage was eighty two percent. They had five more rebounds than Marquette. Marquette had more turnovers, less fouls, and the largest lead for Michigan State was 13. So overall, just played team basketball, got through and won this game, and made it happen. They're moving on to the Sweet 16. Now, the UConn-St. Mary's game, this was a game that was talked about like this could be really close. I thought UConn would dominate this game just because I picked UConn to go to the Final Four. I think they have length. I think they're good from the field. They're just a good all overall team, and they're going to be hard to beat. And UConn showed up for Sunday's games. Sonogo had 24 points. Hawkins had 12. Newton had 13. For St. Mary's, there isn't one player on the team that ever had over 10 points. And a lot of these players played 30 to 40 minutes. So, yeah, UConn, they went really deep in their bench. A bunch of guys got a little bit of playing time. UConn was just dominant. They won this game 70-55, and it wasn't close. There wasn't much to talk about there because UConn just played their game really well, and they keep showing people how dominant they're going to be. Creighton-Baylor was definitely going to be a close one and definitely going to be a fun offensive game, and it was. Creighton winning this game 85-76. Their boys showed up. Now, I might... Uh, butcher this name, Numhard had 30 points. He was 4-6 in three-point range. Alexander had 17 points. It was 1-4 from three-point range. Kaluma, for their team, had 10 points. And Cal Brenner had 11 points. For the Baylor Bears, obviously we all know Jalen Bridges, who was a Mountaineer. He had 12 points, 1-2 from three-point range. Then you had... Cryer, who had 30 points, 4-11 from three-point range, and Flag Flagler, who had 15 points. Creighton, this one just really came down to the wire between both teams. I'll read some of the stats for you guys. Their field goal percentage was almost the same. Creighton had a little bit better at 47, and Baylor had 46. Three-pointers, Baylor only made five out of 22 three-pointers, while Creighton made 11 out of their 24 from the free throw line, here's where it gets good right here. Is Creighton didn't miss one free throw. They they shot 22 free throws and they made 22 free throws. While Baylor shot 19 and only made 13. There's the biggest difference right there, ladies and gentlemen. When you're wanting to win a basketball game and you're shooting up to 20-25 free throws, if you make all your free throws, it's going to make a difference in the game. Creighton out-rebounded. Baylor, Creighton had more assists than Baylor, Creighton had more turnovers than Baylor, they had less fouls 
than Baylor. And their largest lead of the game was 18. So like I said, the free throw on the board dominates them. They definitely showed up to play. And if they keep shooting free throws like that, they're going to be hard to beat in the long stretch. Now, the FAU-Fair-Dickerson game. I didn't know if this game was going to be close. I didn't think FAU should be here. I picked Memphis to be here. But they are here. They're now moving on to the Sweet 16. FAU winning 78-70. But I'll tell you, Fair-Dickerson definitely put up a fight. They showed up for this game. Their guys played well. Uh, I'll just read off their three top guys who played really well. Roberts had 20 points. Munden Jr. had 13. And Moore had 14. For FAU, Davis had 29. And Martin had 14. Everybody else was underneath 10 points for the game. For team stats, from field goal range, FAU played a lot better. They both were 9 from 31 at three-point range. A free throw line, 7 of 10 from Fair Dickerson and 11 of 18 from FAU. So Fair Dickerson shot a better free throw percentage at 70%. Rebounds, FAU only out-rebounded them by 3, 47-44. FAU had more assists than they did. FAU had more steals, more blocks, less turnovers, less fouls, and they had the largest lead at 11. So... Overall, looking at the stats, pretty close game and pretty evenly matched. Really surprising because Memphis and FAU were really mad, evenly matched. But Fair Dickerson to be this matched against FAU should be a proud school. They made it this far. That's great for them. Now, our two final games of the day. I think the Indiana-Miami game was the most shocking to me. As Miami won this game 85-69. I picked Indiana to win. I thought they were... They were a better team. I thought that because Miami was kind of fluked in the ACC as Duke just beat them down in the tournament, that Indiana could do the same thing. But Miami showed up to play. Wong had 27 points, 4, 6, and 3-point range. Then you had Miller, who had 19 points. You had Pack, who had 12 points for the Hurricanes. For the Hoosiers, you had Jackson, who had 23 points. Thompson, who had 11 points. And say his name, Hood, Shafini, Shafino, had 19 points. Sorry, I butchered that name badly. From team stats overall-wise, three-point range, Miami had a better three. They shot 9 of 23, while who, uh, Indiana shot 8 of 25. And then from free throw, both teams were pretty poor at the free throw line. But the most dominating area that... Miami had over Indiana was the rebounds. Miami had 48 rebounds, while Indiana had 31. So they dominated the boards there. They had more assists than Indiana. Indiana had more steals. Indiana had more blocks. They both had the same amount of turnovers. They basically had the same amount of fouls. Indiana had one more, and the largest lead was 16. So Indiana just played their. Uh, Indiana just couldn't play their game really well. And Miami came to play, and Miami will be moving on. And the final game of wrapping up round two is TCU and Gonzaga. Closer matchup than I thought. I thought Gonzaga would dominate this game and play well. It's Drew Timmy. I like how this guy plays. He's pretty good. But TCU came to play ball now. Miles Jr. had 24 points. Ball had 15 points. Miller had 14 points. 
for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Timmy had 28 points. Strother had 10 points, and Bolton had 17 points, while Smith off the bench had 11 points. Overall, for team stats, we'll talk about from field goal range, they shot exact same percentage, 44.8. From three-point range, TCU made one more three-pointer, and they had nine out of 25, while the Bulldogs had eight out of 25. From free throw, Gonzaga had 16 out of 25 free throws made, and TCU had 12 out of 20. Rebounds, though. So this is where it changes a little bit for rebounds. Gonzaga had 43 rebounds, while TCU only had 36 rebounds. TCU had more assists than Gonzaga. TCU also committed more fouls than Gonzaga did. So Gonzaga just dominated the boards, played pretty well, and they got out of the game 84-81. That wraps up round one and round two. We're moving on to the Sweet 16. I'll just read the matchups real briefly. We won't get into detail until the next coming episode. So for Thursday, we have Michigan State, Kansas State. Then we have Arkansas, UConn, FAU, Tennessee, and Gonzaga and UCLA for the Thursday Sweet 16 start. For the Friday Sweet 16, San Diego State and Alabama, Miami and Houston, Princeton and Creighton, Xavier and Texas. Out of these games, which ones do I think are going to be pretty interesting? I think UCLA and Gonzaga are going to be really good. Arkansas and UConn will be pretty good. Princeton and Creighton will be really good. And the Xavier-Texas game could be surprising. Depends on how Xavier plays. If they play their game well, they're going to be hard to beat. That wraps up our round two matchups. Thank you for tuning in to TKM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. I'm not too sure when, if we're going to do a... Wednesday show, but we'll definitely do a Friday show and we're going to talk a little bit about March Madness. We'll see you guys later.